Welcome to another episode of the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. On this week's episode of the podcast, we are bringing to you a Week 11 recap in conjunction with a Week 12 preview. Special guest for the preview this week. So, a lot of interesting things happening last weekend. Definitely still a lot of just... It's going to be a grind getting to the playoffs, especially for your boy here, because... For some reason, his team just decided to be all bipolar this week and not go off. Justin Jefferson owners, I feel you. That was not ideal at all. That was frustrating, man. And all you Samaji P. Ryan owners, I don't know who you are out there, but props to you because that was a wild one for sure. Uh, I just don't know. This is the ebbs and flows of fantasy, so we're doing our best to stay afloat and to continue to... <laughs> be relevant in our leagues uh, ultimately right now which i do hey like all the head coaches in the nfl say we want to get to the tournament so that's what we're trying to do right now we're trying to get to the tournament the end of our seasons in our respective leagues so we'll hopefully try to get there for all of us in conjunction with that uh it's just it's just a mess on my end but we'll, we'll tighten it up if i had a more reliable running back that would be helpful but to be honest, it doesn't even matter. So, we're we'll we'll do another, we'll do some deep dives, we'll do some analysis, and just kind of show you what things are looking like in terms of your respective leagues and how you're probably seeing it too, because it's just nuts right now. As always, we're brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us at phantomsportsindustries.com for all your sports section needs on the internet. We have stories about all your favorite leagues. Catch some of the World Cup stories going on there in Qatar everybody's favorite time of the soccer season world cup time rolls around usually pretty exciting usually pretty spicy it's always just fun to see you know the world tournament everybody gets put in a blender and see who comes out on top uh i for one will not be watching too much of it because i'm just not that big of a soccer fan but i'll tune in for team usa a little bit here and there maybe the final just to see what's happening uh will say i do enjoy watching mbappe highlights from time to time and that is talking soccer with brandon on the phantom fantasy football podcast so with that being said let's get into the podcast without further ado get into the week 11 recap and the week 12 preview let's go all right all right and just like that people we're back just another all fantasy week 10 all breakout week 10 we'll do a little look at some dynamic duos as well while we're here so first off if we were to break it down this season as byron cobalt and i kind of talked about last week the dominance of patrick mahomes and travis kelsey has been unparalleled second to none and that is why Patrick Mahomes back on top as quarterback one this week and then followed in the running back position. We had Tony Pollard. Most people probably would have flexed him. I hope you would have because 
he seems to be getting the lion's share of that Dallas Cowboys backfield at this time. Samaje Pirine came in with the three touchdowns, dominating that backfield for the Cincinnati Bengals after Joe Mixon went into concussion protocol against the Steelers. The top receiver of the week was Devontae Adams, followed by Amari Cooper, and then a surprise, Josh Palmer. Now, Mike Williams was slated into play, but he got hurt. Josh Palmer stood to benefit, had that big 50-plus yard touchdown, not a lot of people would have played him. I'm not sure what his... This will be an interesting one to ask Byron next time he's on in terms of this Josh Palmer game. So I had to play him in one of my leagues out of necessity, and I think that he pushed me over the edge in this particular matchup. Otherwise, he would have been an extreme value play, same as P. Ryan. So Josh Palmer, Samaje P. Ryan, honestly, like... Even in DraftKings, too, sliding those two in, that would have been quite the move. Top tight end, obviously, Travis Kelsey once again. Travis Kelsey has gotten you in the playoffs. If you have Travis Kelsey on your team, he has gotten you in the playoffs. And same with Patrick Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey in particular especially. So just keeps on dominating. Austin Hooper had a great game for Tennessee. And then in our flex of the week was Najee Harris. You probably would have had him in as your starting back or as a flex as well. So credit where credit's due. Then the Commanders had the best defense going up against the Houston Texans. They dominated. And then Tyler Bass, top kicker of the week. Then all breakouts week 10. Daniel Jones had a great game. Tony Pollard. And Samashi Pirine calling them the breakouts as well as the top two because they're not normally up there one and two. So we consider that a breakout. Demarcus Robinson had a great game for the Ravens. One to kind of watch for on your waiver wires considering that Devin Duvernay does not seem to be the receiver that Lamar likes to go to in the offense. That's okay. Just pick up Demarcus Robinson if you want some of that Baltimore receiving game share. Even though the wide receivers aren't very utilized, it's there's still targets that need to get absorbed in that offense. So, Demarcus Robinson, why not? Chris Olave had a great breakout game. Uh, one of those some people may have put on their bench, like yours truly, because you thought you had better options. Truly, you didn't. So, Chris Olave, he's a must-start. I've said it before. I said it again. I think... Sometimes we get a little too cute with it, including me. So, happens. Christian Watson would have been an incredible start again. Uh, sometimes lightning strikes twice. I kind of figured he might have another great game against the Titans, and he was able to parlay his Sunday performance into a great second night, um, even though it didn't translate to a win for the Packers. Christian Watson is clearly a part of this offense. They want to get him the ball, so you have to kind of, you can't ignore that with Aaron Rodgers throwing the passes, so that is why we have to heed his abilities. And then, going into the tight ends, Pat Fryermuth and Dawson Knox had breakout weeks. Pat Fryermuth is obviously a little more consistent, but... Dawson, Dawson Knox hasn't had the year that he had last season, so we got to give him credit where credit's due. 
And then, in the flex, the rushing touchdown leader of the season, Jamal Williams. No longer a surprise. We need to be talking about him every week because he'd be a difference maker in a lot of lineups if you had him. And if you would have had the foresight to even play him, it just seems as though he's the goal line guy. And we've seen this since week one. And it's he's having his best season yet, especially with the Lions. Incredible year for Jamal Williams. We'll see. I mean, shoot, like it's kind of similar to like Cordero Patterson. Not not saying they're they're different players, but in terms of their utilization to what they mean to their offenses. Now I know that Cordero Patterson's like more of a Swiss Army knife, you know, kick returner, touchdown scorer, but they have similar vibes in that their offenses like to score points through them. And that's something to kind of watch for as we look at the trajectory of Jamal Williams' career moving forward because they clearly love him in Detroit. And I loved him when he was on the Packers. It's just that there wasn't a clear-cut role for him, and I think he's found that in Detroit. So got to give credit where credit's due. Jamal Williams showing up and showing out consistently this season. Then we're going to give Ravens the breakout defense of the breakout defense of week 10 they just aren't as consistent as other fantasy defenses so we'll give them the credit where credit's due and then brett marr for the kicking position honorable mentions can't be remiss. joey b mr joe burrow always holding it down would have made his fantasy owners proud fantasy managers not owners jacoby Brissett. Jalen Hurts had a great game. Justin Fields coming up a little injured after that one, but he's still worthwhile shouting out. He's one of our consistents now. Another surprise, uh, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, not regular big-time contributors, and then Dak Prescott would have had an incredible night had you played him. Derrick Henry and David Montgomery for the running backs in the honorable mentions position. We can't forget them. For the defenses, we got Patriots, Cowboys. And why wouldn't you play the Cowboys defense every week now? What they did to the Vikings was nasty. The nasty, nasty, nasty. And I Micah Parsons, dog, as always. And you can't you can't not play them. I was in a matchup with someone, and they didn't play the Cowboys defense. I don't care who the, the Cowboys defense is playing. You're playing their defense. They shut down Justin Jefferson. I don't know how. Like, it's just one of those games. Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins did not have a good night. And Cowboys defense, that that was a response to the way the Packer game went. And they sent a message. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but, man, they are, they are going to be a tough out no matter who plays them. And especially if Pollard keeps playing the way he's playing. Not, but let's back to fantasy. Falcons had a great game. Would have been a great defense to play. And the New York Jets, that was just an ugly game. One of the ugliest football games ever between the Pats and the Jets. But it happens. It feels like the Patriots are due for one ugly stink fest every year. So then we had T. Higgins for wide receiver. Honorable mention, Debo Samuel. Wandell Robinson. Greg Dortch. One to watch out for, Greg Dortch as the Cardinals 
receiving core is struggling right now. Greg Dortch also a returner for them too. So who knows what kind of lightning you'll catch in the bottle, kind of similar to Cordell Patterson. As if if Rondell Moore is injured and Marquise Brown as well, watch out for Greg Dortch. Sneaky pickup there for sure if he is the man. Then also on the Cardinals, give it to DeAndre Hopkins. Had a decent game himself. Not the greatest, but still serviceable. You would have played him in your lineup. And then Pickens, George Pickens from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, what I'm curious about with Pickens is this is just another sample size of Tomlin wide receivers that are showing up and showing out as usual. I find it funny that he is kind of a rascal too. Uh, We've all seen that video of him spraying the water bottle of the, I'm not sure, I think it was Alabama player who got uh, crashed, crashed their sidelines in college at, at, uh, at at UGA and Pickens grabs the water bottle, just starts spraying the dude. It's just he is just he's kind of savage, which I kind of appreciate because you don't see that <laughs> you don't see that level of aggression in every player all the time. And then Traylon Burks, give him a little credit, another rookie wide receiver. So those are our all fantasy, our breakouts, and our honorable mentions. So now if we take a quick peek at our dynamic duos. Once again, as always, top dynamic duo, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey would have won any matchup. It feels like you can't, you can't deny them anymore. They're too good. They, they are just, a. they would be a fantasy winning machine. If you had both of them on your roster, it just wouldn't be fair. You would be, you would have to have like You'd have to be borderline undefeated at this rate. It's just getting ridiculous. And then I would say other dynamic duos that were worth mentioning this week. Uh, I would say consisted of not that much. This was not that great of a week. Uh, It just, you had a lot of individual show outs, but nothing that was really... Crazy. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, but not many people would have had that one. Even Josh Jacobs, throw him in the mix there. Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper, that would have been a great duo as well. Donovan Peoples-Jones, that would have won somebody a matchup had you had those guys. Not a lot of people would, though that's just the nature of how that works. Dallas would have had, Dallas had some good duos as well. When you were looking at Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott, that was a very achievable duo there. If you, if from a draft perspective, gosh, it's just strange because so the regular ones aren't as present as they are as they have been. Justin Fields and David Montgomery, yes, absolutely, and then you would have had a good one too with. Joe Burrow and Samaji Pirine and T. Higgins. So good duo there as well. Not as much though. 
the regular suspects just weren't as active. The Lamar Jacksons and Josh Allens just did not have their greatest show out this past weekend. It's kind of surprising. Kind of concerning for those owners, too. We'll see what happens. Definitely going to have to turn it up come time going into the playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see who the who the playoff winners are going to be. Like, Is Travis Kelsey going to continue this this trajectory that he's on. We haven't seen uh, a move like this from a tight end in a while. And I would say it'd have to be Jimmy Graham since the last time we've seen anything close to this from, from the tight end position in terms of sheer dominance over, over a league. I would say Daniel Jones, Wondell Robinson, uh, they were a good duo this past weekend as well. Although you're going to want to look for somebody to fill in for Wandell Robinson if you had him because he looks to be on the IR, which is a shame because he's the Giants' best wide receiver by far. So it's just tough to see. Um, Yeah, Slayton is the guy for the Giants, it seems like, in terms of who's putting up the big numbers. Andy Dalton uh, Chris Olave, that would have been another great duo as well. Throw Juwan Johnson in there. If Juwan Johnson's not on a roster in your league yet at tight end, get him, put him in your lineup. He seems to be a touchdown target, a touchdown magnet for Andy Dalton and company. So that is definitely worth the squeeze. So that's it for dynamic duos. Not a whole lot this week. Oh, I mean, Washington did have some too. Uh, not really, though. Just their defense we would have wanted. So it was just kind of a strange week. Week 10 was. I hope that everybody fared all right. But I I had a very strange week 10 personally from a fantasy perspective. Just things did not pan my way. And I hope they worked out better for you. I'm learning a lot doing this podcast and just analyzing this week to week. Um it's just how do you, you can't forecast some of this stuff, especially when injuries get involved this late in the season. And that's that's where a lot of times we can take advantage of those situations to make our lineups better. Look at those key starting players that are gonna get that have defined backups and pick those guys up on waivers so that you have them and you have the ability to kind of play some, you know, chess versus checkers when you against your fellow league mates. So that that's just how this is and that's our week 10 that's our week 10 recap um week 10 week 11 recap so without further ado we're gonna take a short break and then gonna bring our guest on to preview week 12 Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market
Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everyone, to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Here to preview week 12 with me is none other than my little brother, Jonathan Tim, a.k.a. Johnny Tim, a.k.a. Young Swaggy P. How you doing, Johnny? I don't know about Young Swaggy P, but doing good. Glad to be here. Let's talk some let's talk some fantasy football today. Yeah, let's talk some fantasy football today. It's unfortunate that we don't get to be in a league together just because our friend groups don't really intersect. But you're still pretty fantasy involved, two leagues and whatnot. So what? how's your fantasy respective fantasy teams gone this season we haven't had a chance to talk much about it because your schedule's so busy well right now both of them are going very well i'm dominating in first place in my league with my sweet mates so it's just an eight-person league but i mean my wins all season long realistically haven't been close i know back in week 11 i won by 80 point margin i reached 190 points that week this past week i won by 30 so but that's only but that's only an eight team league though, so everybody should be scoring over a hundred and fifty a week. Well that's just not the case. Like No, but no, but game, they I'm, should. They Jonathan, they should though. I I guess yeah, in a way, but I don't know. I, I feel like just my combination of guys is what's really giving me the edge. I, sure. I haven't made much roster changes either, or I've just gone with my gut from the draft and so I if mean, you I mean, have if you're putting up those kinds of numbers, I'm guessing you have Travis Kelsey. George Kittle. Kelsey's my other league. Oh, Actually, man. never mind. I do have Kelsey. See, I, yep. I was reading the other team. I knew it. I knew it. So he, that Travis Kelsey has been the he's been the X factor this season in terms of win share. So I can kind of tell based on what your record is in your respective leagues who you have on your team just because of the way certain players have performed this season. If, and basically, if you would have had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, which was very attainable in most drafts, like think about it, like you could have easily drafted in. So let's use a 12 team model, for example. I think no matter where you were in your draft, you could have probably drafted Travis Kelsey in the first or second round. And you could have then drafted Patrick Mahomes in the second through fourth round, depending on how things fell. And who was in your league, you know, knowing their biases and whatnot. But that's just something that it's it's just crazy to think about because everything from a fantasy analysis perspective wants to overvalue the running backs right now. And I just think the running back position has just gotten so much more volatile the past couple of years that I can't even take it seriously anymore because of the inconsistencies week in and week out. I don't know what you what you think about, but... That's just something that I've noticed, at least. Well, going back to what you said about the Kelsey Mahomes deal. Now, obviously, on paper, looking back, Mahomes would have been easy, easily attainable. However, like think about 
what you think about during draft. Like, you don't want to be the first guy to draft a quarterback. Like, never. You want to get all the good skill players prior. But, but you to wouldn't. Quarterback selection. So, obviously, looking back, yeah. it, it makes sense in hindsight. But, true. I mean, think, put yourself in the. Like, Travis Kelsey was my top pick in both my leagues. So, but both. Think I mean, about it. Think about it. it. You, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, or Patrick Mahomes. I did start Joe Burrow. You could, but no, if you would have drafted any of those guys within the top five, those quarterbacks in in a draft, those top five, you would be head and shoulders above a lot of people in a lot of fantasy leagues. That is true. That is true. So even even Jalen Hurts. No, I know, but now it's got me reconsidering a lot of things in terms of if you have a quarterback who is dynamic enough, who can. I mean, it's not that like Pat. Those guys that I just listed off there, they're not all true dual threats. Josh Allen definitely, but Patrick Mahomes gotten his fair share of rushing yards this year. Not a true dual, but like it, it's because him and Kelsey have. It, it doesn't matter. It's it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and whoever else. Like some weeks it was Juju, some weeks it's it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes. I was concerned at first with the loss of Tyreek Hill, and that's why I kind of stayed away. But I will, I'm going to constantly think about this for the rest of the season, like how lethal if he, that duo, that stack was so attainable. And I just, I, I didn't let it slip, but it just, I didn't think about it, you know? For me, I'm. It's always I have mixed opinions on having the same starting quarterback as one of the starting receivers because obviously, like if one gets a touchdown, it's likely to go to the other. Sure. However, that that also means if one does bad, the other person typically does bad. Yeah, but but if you have somebody, but if you have a player like Travis Kelsey who has such a high target share, then drafting the quarterback in conjunction with the top receiver is a no-brainer. Like. We could have said you could have made this analogy for Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, but we just didn't know. I was concerned, so I thought it would have been a good stack, but I didn't realize Josh McDaniels as a coach would have been as frustrating as he has been with that team. So it it's truly depends on the situation, the scenarios, the chemistry who's coaching the offense, you know, all those things considered when it goes into it. And I, I guess the reason why Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey works is because you subtract Tyree Kill from the equation. I just wish I I would have seen it. I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to put my money where my mouth is because Travis Kelsey is getting older. And I guess I was just taking Patrick Mahomes for granted and – I don't think I'm going to do that after this season. I'm always going to kind of be, I'm always going to keep Patrick Mahomes in the back of my head because even this this young tight end coming up there, I think Gray's his name, Noah Gray, he looks like a baller too. So, I mean, who who's to, who's to say they can't just replicate the same thing that they're doing with Kelsey? Just do it with Gray once Kelsey gets beat up enough. So, I mean, it's what well, happened. I feel like another surprising thing. Baltimore. Not to interrupt, but no, go. Another surprising thing about the Chiefs is um, how minimal they are with um, utilizing Marquez Valdez Scantling. Obviously, one of the fastest receivers Trash. in the league. I'm not a bad, not a 
Well, he at, with Trash. Green Bay, she was. I, I seriously thought the Chiefs would utilize him a lot more, but I mean, obviously, like you said, the absence of Tyreek is giving Kelsey all all the more reps. I, I no, Jonathan, you have to think. Look at all the opportunities MVS had with Rodgers and how much he came uh, came up short. He's he just he could never. He was always open, but he could never catch a pass. Remember? Yeah. That. Well, I mean, you could also, you could also that attribute that. That doesn't to change. Aaron Rodgers' downfall. No, no, that doesn't change from team yeah, to it's... team. Jo- Jonathan, Aaron Rodgers has been the MVP the past two seasons. MVS was there. Why didn't MVS catch more passes? Because majority of them were going to Adams. He was no, no. one of the more underrated receivers on that, Rogers uh, on that gave, roster. Rodgers gave MVS plenty of opportunities. MVS didn't catch the passes like Christian Watson is now. Christian Watson running around wide open all the time. Past two weeks, finally started catching passes. Past week, I should say, because Sunday and Thursday all in the same week. MVS would not have caught those passes that Christian Watson has been catching for Rodgers. So that's the difference. I would say Nicole Hardman has been showing signs of being that top receiver that Patrick Mahomes is going to with Juju as well. I don't think MVS is as strong as a receiver candidate as the, as the Chiefs were hoping he would be because he just he it doesn't matter. He's now played with the best two quarterbacks in football arguably and he has not been able to reel the ball in. So that's why for with MVS I'm out. So you can think what you want, but I'm just going to say I'm out. But without further ado, let's go into week 12. So Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, everybody. Haven't really... Uh, I'm sorry, I should have told you all that at the intro. Hope you all are uh, enjoying your turkeys. Mine's sitting in the brine. Jonathan, I'm doing the same brine that I did last year. So uh, oh, really? yes. sorry that uh, you won't be with me this this year, but that's okay. Um, all right, so our buys this week are Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Oh, wait, actually, no, there's no more buys. Buys are done. I apologize. That's the Monday night game. Okay, so Thursday, Thanksgiving, we obviously get to enjoy the annual tradition of watching the Lions lose. And it looks like this year the Buffalo Bills will be doing the honors Buffalo having to stay in Detroit all week after playing that weird game last week with the snow that they had. Um, but Buffalo's been struggling a little bit lately. Uh, what say you on this one? So uh, uh, jo- Josh Allen, for fantasy purposes, you're going to play him no matter what. I uh, like what Devin Singletary's been doing lately. Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs obviously plays. And then Dawson Knox had a great week last week. So... And Detroit's Detroit's defense has been letting everybody score as much as they want. So I I feel comfortable playing even James Cook. And I know that that's reaching, but with Detroit's defense, the sky's the limit for Buffalo's offense, I feel like. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brandon. I mean, I'm sure every NFL fan would have wanted to see Buffalo play in the snow. However, the six feet obviously going to make it difficult, but weather aside, I mean, Jason's going to be butthurt by this one, but we know um, the bills are going to fly all over the field against Detroit. They're going to do anything they want. Um, 
when it comes to fantasy, really all I have for Buffalo is their defense. I mean, solely because they're going up against a rather weak Detroit offense, excluding mm-hmm. Jamal Williams in the past few weeks. But yeah, I mean, that's that's my input on this this matchup. Yeah, and for Detroit, those are the two guys that I would the only two guys I feel comfortable playing would be Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal Williams. I I think I'm out well, so I traded DeAndre Swift at the beginning of the season for Brees Hall in one of my leagues because I saw Jamal Williams getting used in all those goal line packages and it made me nervous and I was like, man. I spent a lot of money. So this was in my dynasty league that we started up this year. And I spent a good chunk of my fab on DeAndre Swift. And I was like, nope, I can't, I can't do it. Especially if Jamal Williams is going to be this heavily involved. So I feel like I dodged a bullet there. I I don't feel comfortable with Swift anymore. I don't know. What do you think about that whole situation in Detroit? Well, I actually had Swift to start the year. I mean, I think I think it was when Fournette was injured. I was scrambling for running back, but sure. I noticed Will, Williams without without getting much like yards per carry or like putting up big numbers in the rushing as a whole. I noticed him getting involved, like you said, the goal line action more. He's been absolutely racking up touchdowns this year. Um, multiple four different, five different games, I should say, with multiple touchdowns. Yeah. So he's he's really leading, just he leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's nuts to me. There's four different occasions where he's put up yeah. 20 plus fantasy points, including last week against the Giants. So, I mean, I feel like when if you're Detroit, it's going up against Buffalo. Like you're gonna you gotta get the ball to the, the guys you know are gonna put in the end. Sure. So I feel like winner win or not, the, Detroit's gonna utilize Jamal Williams every chance they can mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving Day. No, they and. I mean, we loved Jamal when he was at Green Bay. Now, there's a former Packer that we can talk about in a positive light, not MVS. Don't come to this podcast with that junk. Want to do a whole section on Valdez Scantling. Doesn't even put up a fantasy point um, in the past couple of weeks. No, Jamal Williams, special year for him for sure. Um, I. It'll be interesting to see what moves forward. I... He might win people some fantasy leagues depending on everybody's situation. It's still a little late to tell, but I'm just going to enjoy plenty of games. I'm going to enjoy the Both ride. Leagues. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the ride while it's happening. That's for sure. Except against the Packers. That was tough to watch. All right. So, then moving to the afternoon game, the Dallas Cowboys get to play the New York Giants divisional game at 3.30 Central Time. So I think that a lot of people made the mistake of benching Dallas's defense last weekend against the Vikings. And if I am... I'm playing Dallas's... If I have Dallas's defense, I'm playing them every Sunday. Not every... You know, every week I'm playing them because they are just... Micah Parsons is a wrecking crew. Dan Quinn has got them firing on all cylinders I am just uh, I think he ends up with a head coaching job after this season is done with the way he's turned that defense around in Dallas and also then for Dallas I do feel comfortable playing Dak Prescott CeeDee Lamb you got to give Pollard a shot because 
he was the second he was one of the top run he was the top running back this past weekend yeah he was the top running back this past weekend you got to give tony pollard a shot i don't even understand why they give ezekiel elliott the ball anymore with pollard's potential and then on the opposite side of the ball you have daniel jones who is mobile but i just don't know if it's going to if it's going to be you know i don't know if the stars align for him this week like they did last week the only giants players i feel really comfortable with is saquon and and darius slayton but even darius slayton might be a stretch especially since Diggs will probably get the assignment on him so i don't know what do you think about this matchup we talk about Dallas's defense. Um, they really came through last week. Two of my main sources in my dorm league, Dalvin Cook and Jefferson, both were just absolutely shut down. Depleted. It was surprising for me to see 100%. And, and yeah, I only had 150 points this week, but that definitely took a hit on what could have been a, another dominating week. But back to the game standpoint, um, talk about the uh, Dallas side of it. Daniel Jones, now – this is probably one of the riskiest moves I've ever done in fantasy, which was to start Daniel Jones during Jalen Hurts' bye week back in week seven. That's when he absolutely emerged both yeah. in the pass and running game. He had 107 yards on the ground that week. So that's why I've kept him in my back pocket. He's my backup quarterback currently in that dorm league. I have, I, I did eye up his field day last week against Detroit, which I mean, it, yeah, it did Detroit's defense. It's just, yeah. You could give him the benefit of the doubt, but once again, it's it's Detroit. So, I mean, but I feel like Dallas Cowboy games are always somewhat close to the way. It's one, it's a very historic rivalry. It's a division obviously, game, yeah. Obviously, not near as iconic as like Green Bay Bears, but however, I feel like Dak Prescott's definitely gonna have a good game on. And you talk about Tony Pollard; he's been running downhill all season, like he's firing yeah. away. Ezekiel Elliott has. You see Ezekiel Elliott's confidence in Pollard. I mean, I, I think he's even at the point of accepting that Pollard's going to be their uh, go-to guy down the stretch of the season. It's strange, though. I, You know, it's just different. And it's from a fantasy perspective, I mean, it's like, holy smokes. I was pushing really hard to try to get Pollard on my roster. I was trying to get, you know, finagle any trade I could. Uh, man, like uh, the fact that he had this kind of game last week against the Vikings that was nuts but I'll, I'll say this too though I'm big Justin Jefferson I have a lot of Justin Jefferson stock Jonathan and this the last weekend was frustrating uh Justin Jefferson's one of my stalwarts I drafted him second overall in one of my leagues and uh it's just frustrating to watch that not go the way that you wanted it to nonetheless gotta give credit where credit's due Micah Parsons absolute freak show so yeah what can you do so then uh we have the thursday night game new england traveling to minnesota minnesota clearly going to want a rebound from that dallas matchup and new england is not very interesting in my opinion i just i mean i like ramondre stevenson he's he's been he's been a he's been a good fantasy play if you for the running back spot 
Damian Harris on occasion too because they have to run the ball. They don't got a lot of top-tier receiving talent that is coming through week in and week out. I mean, Jacoby Myers has his has his games, but it's just not as strong as, you know, it's just not as strong as the Pats have been in the past. Their defense, though, I mean, guaranteed that game was really weird against the Jets, but I think that Minnesota's offense should have the upper hand in this one, despite New England's defense playing as well as they have been. I feel like New England, regardless of how good Minnesota's offense plays, will be putting up a fight. I mean, just look at the AFC East as a whole. They're all four teams standing at a four and six or better record. So, I mean, the Patriots this year have had some tough, tough, especially divisional games. Um, We talk about, I mean, we just got them talking about how bad the Vikings offense got shut down versus Oakland. So you got... You can't but wonder that Delvin Cook and Jefferson are going to be playing a lot more aggressive um, from the offensive standpoint. But yeah, Patriots, especially, I mean, obviously Tom Brady being gone, but I mean, Belichick still running the show there. I mean, you'd think. I think Minnesota. Their their game as a whole would be a little bit better than. I think Minnesota, however, needs to block better. I think that because I'm pretty sure they had a lot of injuries on the line, which is what happened there have, yeah. in that in that Dallas game, and so that that's gonna affect Kirk especially because Kirk couldn't get the ball out to save his life. So you're gonna have to get the ball out faster, especially if your line isn't as isn't as healthy as you want it to be. So that's gonna be a challenge against this very disciplined New England defense. But mm-hmm. you you got to think, you know, Minnesota does have the playmakers to make it possible, and especially with the acquisition of TJ Hawkinson, it, it they have the playmakers. It's just a matter of can they give Kirk enough time to get the ball out. And I do anticipate they will, they will have more opportunities because New England, when they go against offenses that have a little more firepower, they tend to struggle a little bit this season, as we've kind of seen. So... I mean, I th- I do think New England could upset the Vikings, but I, you know, Vikings are eight and two for a reason. Even though it's, did you see that they're like one of the only eight and two teams in NFL history to have a negative point differential? I did not see that, but yeah, that is yeah, a crazy statistic. It's it's, it's crazy. They're they're they have a negative point differential and they're eight and two. So. It, they're a weird eight and two. They're they are not a conventional eight and two at all. So yeah, their opponents have scored more points than they have, mm-hmm. and they're and they're yeah. eight and two. Also, looking at that game, if you flip, I know we were talking about Kirk Cousins. If you flip the sides, I mean, Vikings defense definitely gonna have guys flying all over the place too. You get, can't help but wonder, especially with how up and down Mac Jones' season has been, mostly down. But I mean, he. I battled with injuries earlier this year. We saw that Green yeah. Bay game where the Pats went through three quarterbacks. But, I mean, I don't know. Mac Jones is going to have a tough one going against a very aggressive Minnesota defense as well. That's interesting. So, AFC East all have positive point differentials. And the NFC North all has negative point differentials. So, take that for what it's worth. Um, not really relevant to the fantasy, but just I just found that kind of interesting. 
But yeah, I mean, you're going to play Justin Jefferson if you have him. You're going to play TJ Hawkinson if you have him. They're too good. I I I don't know. I find a better option at quarterback than Kirk. I'm not confident. Dalvin Cook, you're going to play him if you have him too. And then for the New England side, it's Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, RB1, and Damian Harris, RB2, if you need to play one as such. So now... Moving on to Sunday's matchups, we'll start with Tampa Bay traveling to Cleveland. So this would be an interesting one. Got You're going to play Tom Brady if you have him in this one. You're going to play Mike Evans. Looks like Chris Godwin's going to be healthy. Leonard Fournette always, always, always as an RB1. And then on the Cleveland side of the ball, Amari Cooper. Man, I don't know what that connection is, but he's got it with Brissett in Brissett had a great week last week. Um, him and Amari Cooper, one of the best stacks of the week last week. And I'm not sure if I'm going to play Njoku. Just haven't been as confident in him. Peoples Jones in an emergency. Like if I need to hit that emergency button, Peoples Jones available in most leagues as well. So uh, what, who do you have in this matchup, Jonathan? Anybody interesting um, that you are going to play? I'm not even going to lie. I do have people's Jones in my sleeper league. Now that's a league we have to this. Um but he has slowly been making some noise the past couple weeks. Um yeah. going for nearly fifteen fantasy points in week ten versus Miami and then um seventeen versus Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So when you really think about it, um Burrow has definitely made People's Jones one of his top targets. Um, Burrow and Jones, so People's Joe Jones Mixon, don't play especially together, with, especially with Joe Mixon down. Like Browns are in need of, or Bengals, I should say. No, we're talking Burrow. about Cleveland. I, 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 sorry, that wrong Ohio sorry, that. team. You're jumping the gun. All right. Well, e- either way, no. People's Jones is definitely. <laughs> Showing some sign of life. Not either way. You totally talked about Cincinnati. <laughs> and we were talking about Cleveland. Oh, my gosh. You're a clown. Okay. Yeah, no. I So, I think Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay's in a situation where they need to turn the ship around if they want to make it to the playoffs. So, right now, they're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. And that NFC South division is very attainable for them. So I'm thinking they're thinking we need to win now. And I I have a feeling they're going to put up some numbers on that Cleveland team to send some messages. Coming off a bye too, which helps. So we'll see. It could be closer than what I'm expecting. But if I know, if we know anything about Tom Brady... It's that you can never count them out. And uh, this is, you know, this is when the season starts. This is when, this is when, this is when uh, playoff positions are won from Thanksgiving to the end of the season. So look for Tampa Bay to put up those numbers against Cleveland this weekend. Next up, now you can talk about Cincinnati because they're traveling to Tennessee to Nash City. Um, I do like Cincinnati in this game a lot. It's going to depend on Joe Mixon's health. But I think even with an injured Joe Mixon, Samaji Pirine should be just fine. Now, I will say, Vrabel has the Tennessee Titans playing at a pretty elite level, though. So 
that's something to be kind of wary of because it seems as though Vrabel just knows how to rally the troops. And this Tennessee team, although, you know, obviously Derrick Henry's beast, they just don't, I don't know who else they have. Traylon Burks and Austin Hooper had a great week last week for Tannehill uh, getting the rock out and getting some scores in the and getting some air yards. But we just haven't seen this receiving core for Tennessee come to fruition even though they picked up Robert Woods. So with Cincinnati, though, uh, you're going to play. Who are you going to play? T. Higgins. I'm pl- I'm picking up P. Ryan. I'm, if I need a running back, I'm looking at P. Ryan like a snack. Like I need a running back to get some yards. And Joe Burrow, you're obviously going to play him if you have him. Hayden Hurst, solid option at tight end for just something that's serviceable. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about all of this, especially – with the way Tennessee always seems to get in positions to win this time of year. Well, obviously with Derrick Henry, I mean, with Ryan Tannehill having a little bit of absence at the receiving core, it's not, not too shabby out there in the music city, but I'm switching gears now to Cincinnati talk. A guy I have for them who has been absolutely inconsistent. Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's capable of putting up insane numbers. He had me 30 points back in week seven but hasn't come he's near so since de- he's, he's had so another de- 20 point he, game he's so dependent on jamar like, chase or t higgins not playing though it's kind of difficult to gauge him he's one of those guys that you draft and you kind of stow away in case something bad happens that is true i mean i had for a while i had both him and burrow at sure. the starting position but ever since i mean we'll talk I'm sure we'll talk Bears in a second, but ever since Justin Fields has been going ballistic, I've had him going ever since yeah. Burrow had that bye week, and I need a quarterback. Justin Fields, I, I don't think I'll take him out. No, I, I wouldn't. Well, you might have to if his shoulder's not where it should be. Um, I'll say AFC South is just a pile of hot garbage. My gosh, Tennessee is just... Tennessee is definitely benefiting from the fact that the rest of, the rest of their division just don't get it together. Yeah, they probably will. Even if they lose this this weekend, I, this game could be pretty low scoring. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, it'll all depend. Uh, Jamar Chase questionable right now, I think, and that could be interesting for the Bengals if they get him back. Obviously put some additional juice into that offense so we hope that he is back unless you're playing against him of course and then you're like no please don't please don't come back let's see here yeah all right yep his uh his availability is to be determined so i mean you hope you get jamar chase if you have him but if you don't if you're playing against him you don't so all right, and then my favorite matchup for a waiver wire defense this week, Houston at Miami. I love picking up Miami's defense, especially the way the Commanders handled Houston last week. Miami, now here's another uh, group of players that have really dominated respective fantasy leagues. Tua Tugavailoa stacks with Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle. Those, those three have been absolutely electric. You're obviously going to play them if you have them. And then I'm fine with playing Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson Jr. This is 
San Francisco 2.0, Jonathan. That's the only thing I can think of with what Mike McDaniel has done there. And then when it comes to Houston, I, I honestly, I just want to stay away from everybody. I know you got Brandon Cooks. Damian Pierce got body slammed last week. Did you see that tackle? Um, I, I did not see the highlights from that he game. He got flipped up. He got lifted up, flipped upside down by the Washington Commander defensive lineman, and then body slammed. It looked like the WWE. It was crazy. Ow. So I hope he's okay, but I, I'm. He did not do well last week against the Commanders' defense, and I don't anticipate the Houston Texans doing much in Miami either. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Especially what considering, especially considering what the Dolphins have shown that they're capable of all year. I mean, beating New England, beating Baltimore, yeah, beating Buffalo, um, losing to Minnesota by possession. Miami still, uh, Miami could still win that division. Miami's leading that division right now because of that win over the Bills. They're both sitting at seven and three. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that Miami and Buffalo split, and then Miami ends up winning. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But after I, this week, you gotta look. Yeah. Miami has an extremely tough schedule. Oh, okay. And it's really other than the and hate to say it, Green Bay. Sure. That's not that tough, though. Green Bay? Come on. I said, like, other than oh, sure, Green sure, Bay, sure. Okay. they have a tough schedule. Okay, understood. Tough. That, was, that was hard to say. Yeah, it's been hard to say all year, that's for sure. All right, so then let's talk about Chicago traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. A lot's going to depend on if Justin Fields is going to be healthy and if he's not healthy, then I'm not really interested in playing Cole Komet. David Montgomery, absolutely, because now that Khalil Herbert's on the injured reserve right now, he's not he don't have to share the rock with anybody. So that's all I'm looking at from the Chicago Bears side. You know, obviously if Fields is healthy, you're gonna play him because of his big play capability. Um outside of that, if if he's not playing, I'm benching Cole Komet though. Uh and then on the New York Jets side of the ball, whew, what Zach Wilson said in those interviews last week, he is sitting on thin ice in the locker room from what it sounds like. I I wouldn't want to be Zach Wilson right now having to face those guys because um, it's starting to look uglier and uglier. And it, it seems as though this has happened since Brees Hall's injury because when Brees Hall was firing on all cylinders it seemed like everything was going great for the jets and don't get twisted new york jets defense is incredible but their offense just can't seem to get any production i don't know do you have anybody you're interested on that offense for new york jets (laughs) yeah right i mean uh, i thought about maybe finding a way to get zach wilson after his standout performance against new england i shouldn't say standout he He's, that was a weird game because he went as far as throwing for over 350 yards but, but still had three picks and was under 50% for completion. So really, other than I have played the Jets' defense this year now that I think of it. I think it was yeah, the Bills' defense was on a tie. But yeah, I mean, Sauce has been putting up ridiculous numbers as a rookie. But really, other than that, this New York team is somehow 
managed to stay in the playoff race. I don't know if they were that ridiculous. Aiden Hutchinson has similar numbers, but I mean, no, he sauce sauce definitely made life miserable for opposing receivers. Um, Aiden Hutchinson for quarterback. So it's different schools of thought for sure. Yeah. We, we're not going to spend too much time talking about that game. It's a little frustrating, uh, to say the least. There's a couple games here that not going to have a whole lot to say about <laughs> Denver at Carolina. <clears throat> um, so next up, I'm looking at Atlanta at Washington. There's a lot of good fantasy potential here. Obviously, with Washington's defense, I'm not really. I, Mariota has been a safe option the past couple of weeks. I don't think he's going to be that safe this week, especially with Chase Young coming back. I don't know what Chase Young we're going to get, Jonathan. But if we're getting the Chase Young that we know and love, that could be a dangerous situation for the Atlanta backfield. I do still want to play Cordell Patterson, but outside of that, I don't know if I'm interested in Drake London. What do you think? Um, I think I got to correct you on the no one love part for Chase Young, but I don't know. I haven't spent too much time paying attention to Atlanta, Atlanta, or Atlanta. Obviously Mariota's definitely improved a, a very generous amount this year. So Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta's a weird team, kind of like Tennessee, where they just kind of find a way to win, no matter how ugly it looks. Does that make sense? Like they're they haven't yeah, like yeah. they haven't like wowed anybody, but they were. But it's the NFC South, so that whole yeah, division yeah. has just been a wasteland. So I totally understand why you haven't been paying attention. Hence, why we said like, what's what's there to stop? tom brady from really you know doing his thing so mm-hmm. that's the thing like i totally don't blame you for not paying too much attention to atlanta um washington on the other hand though uh i do think that since heineke has been this named the starting quarterback over carson wentz th- this team has been performing at a higher level and he knows how to work with the options in the offense terry mclaurin antonio gibson Look to be back to the regular form, which is what you want to see because those guys are supposed to be your playmakers on the offense. And when Carson Wentz was in there, those guys were not getting the attention that they should have. Yeah, it was cool to see Curtis Samuel go off, but uh, and Jahan Dotson as well. But Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are what makes this offense work. And it seems as though Taylor Heineke understands that and makes it happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, again, I feel like the main source of the commanders' um, lifeline is, I mean, through their defense. It has. Like we to can be, we can yeah. relate. We can relate the whole AFC East or the NFC East, the AFC East, just the great teams in general. It's really strengthening the commanders. So I feel like when they play in any like non-divisional game, they're gonna they're they're gonna really get get stuff done because of yeah how tough their division is, whatnots. But I mean, the defense has caused problems for pretty much pretty much everyone they've played so far. They beat Philadelphia. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they can still, you know, make a push for some significant wins here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So there's still there's enough time they also, for them. They also lost to Philadelphia too. But that, that was back September when their offense was just wasn't, yeah. wasn't clicking. They're still six and five. Um but they're they're definitely on the upswing. We'll see what happens. I think this is a winnable game for them. 
uh, yeah, we'll, we shall see. So next up, we uh, go over to Denver traveling to Carolina. I So Denver cut Melvin Gordon this week, which means I would be hunting for Latavius Murray. I bet he's going to get the nod at the starting position. Probably see a little Chase Edmonds mixed in there as well. I'm not sure who else it is, but it's an ugly situation in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson has just looked like trash this season. Um, it's just tough, you know. Uh, it's tough as you know watching it as a Badger fan. Even it's like, oh, Russell Wilson. Like, I don't think he's as good as we thought he was, and that's okay. But you got to make it work with what you have. And I made the mistake of playing Cortland Sutton. I thought Cortland Sutton was going to have a great week last week with Jerry Judy being out. Boy, was I wrong. And I will take the L there for sure. I should, I had no business playing him. Um, and I will not be playing him again this season probably. And then on the Carolina side of the ball, it's Dante Foreman or Bust. Maybe Terrence Marshall if I'm feeling a little uh, extracurricular there and I need some desperation starts. But... That's about it. I'm not really interested in Tommy Tremble or Baker Mayfield for that record. Uh, not a lot to talk about in this matchup, Jonathan. I don't know. Do you have anything interesting? Absolutely not. Denver, I mean, maybe Russell Wilson sparked up a little bit of interest. I mean, with Melvin Gordon being cut, I really have no reason to follow them yeah. anymore. But the only reason Denver has always been a little bit relevant to me in fantasy is the kicker. I mean, the altitude provides distance for the ball. So yeah. Brandon McMahon has been one of my go-tos. I know we talked about before the show, like not to rely solely on your kicker, but I just had to throw in Young Hoku's performance. I know. I, mean, I know. No, I, young, I love young, it when kickers score. Young, There's young, just something satisfying about it when your kicker I know, I goes get off it. compared I get to like it. other kickers. I get it, but it's just such a uncontrollable metric. That's why I don't like talking about it, and that's why I try to avoid – having my fantasy team depend on my kicker scoring any points like your kicker should, your kicker should be able to score zero and your team should be able to win and anything else I, they do on top is a bonus i'm sorry kickers should be abolished from fantasy football altogether and i'm going no, to no. stake that claim kickers peace out so that's 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 what where i said o-line no, no. And, sc- and score them based off no, sacks allowed. Actually, actually, maybe put an extra flex position in instead. That'd be cool. Well, the sleeper app has two flexes. No, well, any any you can do that with almost any app. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. This is yeah. the first time I've ever played with two flexes. So, yeah, no, it's I like two flexes. I don't like kickers though. Kickers just it's just frustrating because then you have that one week where a kicker just just goes off and then it's like oh what the heck so but no kudos to anybody that gets the right kicker week in and week out all right let's move on to another i mean this game could be interesting baltimore traveling to jacksonville so trevor lawrence has been playing a little better i do kind of like christian kirk and zay jones in this matchup i think they have potential to thrive in this one uh, I'm not picking up Marvin Jones Jr. Oh, and uh, Travis Etienne must play for sure. He owns that backfield now ever since they traded James Robinson to the Jets. And then Baltimore, 
They're obviously going to play Mark Andrews if he's available. Now, obviously, we don't know who their running back is in Baltimore, which seems to consistently be a problem for them. But then on the wide receiver front, Demarcus Robinson, who they acquired in that uh, trade from Marquise Brown to uh, to the Cardinals, I believe. He, they acquired him through something with the Raiders. So he's been doing well. And I, if I'm honestly at this point, you needed to cut Devin DuVernay. It was frustrating. I thought he was going to be better than what had expected. He was the top receiver for week one. And it's just it, it, it just basically because Rashad Bateman hasn't been at, present at all this season. Likewise with J.K. Dobbins. So it's just tough. Baltimore, very unpredictable right now. Lamar Jackson not playing to his fullest strength. I could see Jacksonville getting this win. I'm not sure what you think about that, but that's just kind of where I'm sitting with all of it. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, without a doubt, one of the biggest names in fantasy football in recent history. However, I mean, this year's been definitely so off compared to, compared to what we're used to. Yeah. For me, the biggest... The biggest card player in this game is Christian Kirk. I mean, yeah. I've consistently benched him, started him, benched him, started him, and every he seems to do the exact opposite of what I want him to do. If I bench <laughs> we him, all, he scores a lot. If I start him, we all have that player. We all have mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I was fortunate enough to have started him in the previous games versus Kansas City and Vegas. Um, coming off the bye week, I'm really yeah. not. It'll be interesting to see. I, right now, I have him benched. I just see so yeah, who did I start over him? Yeah, I just put. Um, Mike Williams, but he's been very, he's another one of those inconsistent players. Yeah. And it's hard to make that decision. No, it definitely is because you're worried that you're going to lose the upside of a potential breakout game, but then, um, but then you, how many breakout games does he have in him though? Who? Christian Kirk. Kirk, That's the thing. Kirk, Kirk tends to, so Kirk, Kirk he ten- just had two straights. Yeah, well, Kirk like, is Kirk- he really capable of putting up another one? Yeah, because Kirk usually t- shows up in the second half of the season more than the first. If you look at his statistics from when he was in Arizona, he was a second half of the season kind of player. So, could you, I w- I would play him in this matchup. Now I have to play yes. him. I have to play him out of necessity, but. I feel confident playing him against this Baltimore defense that hasn't done anything to really tell me that they're going to show up every week, if that makes sense. Like, I would even feel comfortable playing Zay Jones in some leagues. That's true. I mean, to be fair, I have a lot of solid receivers that I could rotate through in my well, if you're t- league. But you're only playing in the league with eight other players. That's why. So, all right. Yeah, anyway, well, moving on to the next yeah. one. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Arizona. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, interesting case. Just both of these teams actually just struggling to get production from the right places. Justin Herbert not having that great of a season, and I don't know if that's due to coaching or the fact that Eckler and Williams have been out so much, and then Gerald Everett's hurt right now. So Josh Palmer is basically one of his only dudes. Keenan Allen hardly there at all as well. Man, he it's tough because Justin Herbert has had to depend on the likes of DeAndre Carter and and Josh Palmer, and that's not like. It's just not consistent for him. And then you could say the same with Kyler Murray too. Yeah, you got Hopkins back, but 
you don't have Marquise Brown, and they spent a lot to get Marquise Brown in Arizona. So, and Rondell Moore's hurt now too. So, Greg Dorch, interesting potential pickup and start if you need somebody to fill that role. So, I don't know what else to say. I mean, James Conner, good option at running back. Obviously, Austin Eckler. Is there anybody that really piques your interest on any of these two teams, Jonathan? I'm not really... I'm not really feeling much, though, to be frank. I mean, I, I'm just hoping Mike Williams is healthy, obviously, because he's one of my big musical chairs, rotating, rotating receivers. However, I, I mean, the LA Chargers as a whole been very much so a mystery this year. They play in a lot of close games. Yeah, haven't been able to finish the job. They take they just suffered their second three point loss to the Chiefs this year. Oh, they lost. They lost by six to San Francisco back in week ten. So really, yeah, they have another one session loss against um, against the Rams. No, that was preseason. Never mind. But realistically, the Chargers got to find a way to finish the job. And I feel like um, Herbert has got Herbert hasn't been protected that well no. all year. So if they can just find ways to get him going, establishing like the passing game, especially. Obviously, you got Austin Eckler. In the backfield as well. I mean, I feel like Chargers still have a chance to like, get something. Yeah. The rest of the year, seven games left still. But this AFC is a tough schedule that lies ahead, especially with the Dolphins and Titans. No, for sure. Quick. Yeah, I I wouldn't even really feel confident picking either of these teams. Um, yeah, as we're this as we're broaching the afternoon slate here on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I I'm gonna pass on trying to even pick anything from this one. So. Let's go over to uh, Vegas, traveling up to Seattle then. So for Vegas, obviously, it's Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, and that's about it. I don't anticipate starting Derek Carr. And then for Seattle, obviously, I'm playing Kenneth Walker, the third. And, yeah, Raiders defense hasn't given me much to really be be scared of. So to play Lockett and Metcalf and Geno, like that's not that bad of a situation, right? Oh, roll Geno Smith. He is surprised. Yeah. For me, he's the biggest surprise player of this season. I mean, for them to still be in the race to win the division. I think they're leading obviously their it's division. Gonna be t- it's going to be tough with San Fran because they're one of the hottest teams in the league at the moment. Okay. Yeah, but they're yeah, just I'm... they're just under San Francisco right now. They're tied uh but yeah no seattle has definitely been a surprise um i think that it has to do with geno smith running the offense that pete carroll actually wants to run and i don't think russell wilson was doing things the way that pete carroll wanted them done on the field which is why they're seeing the success that they are does that kind of make sense um yeah, one of the biggest disappointments of the season for me is Hunter Renfro. I drafted him. Yeah, he's just obviously battling with injuries, Hurt. but yeah, coming off of the big year he had last year, this has really been regression. Regression is the mean. Always remember mm-hmm. that. But I love Devonta Adams, especially late, dude. Yeah, absolutely absurd numbers. Absurd. Than, yeah, I mean, he had a couple big games early on in the season, but I mean, no, he like, really he's. Just, he's there's no excuse why he shouldn't be the top dog every week, and especially in receivers, just because there's nobody else there, 
especially with Renfro out, who do they all have? Like Matt Collins? I okay, cool, but like it's nothing too crazy. Like honestly, Matt Collins uh might be a good flex too just because Darren Waller even hurt too, so he's been inconsistent. Foster Moreau getting in there a little a lot more um than you'd want. So that that's definitely been frustrating. And I would say McDaniels hasn't done anything to really help himself either with this offense so there's a lot of things going wrong there in vegas so it just hasn't been what everybody expected it to be what they were all expecting it to be that's for sure so next up we have the los angeles rams traveling to kansas city i love kansas city in this game um obviously patrick mahomes travis kelsey and then for the Rams, I don't really know who I'd play. Probably nobody. What do you think? Oh, what game is this again? Sorry, I was distracted. The LA Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not interested in oh. any Rams. Really? Honestly, no. Not me either. I mean, maybe maybe their defense if they lock up, but that, I, I mean... I, I would never have a defense that's going up against um, Kansas no, City. Me neither. I mean, you, can, I mean, you can look at all the Aaron Donald and Von Miller sacks you want, but it's going to be hard to contain the passing attack of this could be um, a, this could KC, be a especially K- with Kansas City Chiefs route. You know, just, just considering the way the Chiefs have been playing lately. So mm-hmm. not going to be good for the Rams. New Orleans traveling up to San Francisco. Uh, obviously, for the Niners side of this, we like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Kittle, I, even Ayuk. Like, I feel like we got to be playing Ayuk more. He's definitely getting the target share to uh, play in fantasy. And then on the New Orleans side, I really like Juwan Johnson. I'm probably going to be playing him in on one of my teams for sure, just because of his abilities. And then you also have Taysom Hill, who people are throwing in their lineups because lightning in a bottle. Not so much lately, but earlier in the season they were when he went off and had those big those big games. And then also Chris Olave has been very impressive rookie wide receiver, probably the best wide receiver they have. And then Alvin Kamara has been hit or miss as well. Yeah, he had the one big week a couple weeks ago, but just hasn't been consistent. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, one of those guys. I pronounce it Kamara, but that, however you pronounce it, is one of those guys that I mean, it looks good to have on your fantasy team, but I mean this year really just Saints, Saints as a whole not not good not great this year at all by any means, but. Camara probably one of the biggest factors. I'm just and... surprised that they haven't decided to try to play Jameis again. But that is true. I mean, I feel like we've heard talk about it yeah. all throughout the offseason with him like actually getting his eyes fixed. Well, no, it's not that. I... He's but he's ba- he had like he was playing with basically a broken back. So I I'm, I'm not sure what cuz it's a new coaching staff there, so I'm not sure what they all see in it, but for whatever reason, they like Andy Dalton better, which I don't get, but whatever. I, I, I just want some exciting. Jameis is exciting. He throws crazy passes, does crazy things, eats the Ws. I just I want I want to see Jameis. He's just more fun. 
Um, all right, so then let's go to Sunday Night Football. Green Bay traveling to Philadelphia. I'm just, I, this is a bad one. I, I feel like the Packers are going to get wrecked. McDonovan Sue and Linval Joseph, Aaron Rodgers' biggest nightmares from the Lions and the Vikings, both teaming up on the Philadelphia Eagles to sack him one more time. That's what I, that's what I'm, that, that's what's going to happen, Jonathan. You, you get I, what I'm I, saying? I'm not denying. I'm did not you, denying you saw, did you see those two guys they signed with them last week? I did, yeah. Yeah, that's like, it's just going to be deja vu all over again of I, that happening. And I, Sue is probably the most thrilled one. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen uh, Hurts. In that, in that deal. Yeah, I love Jalen Hurts this game. I love Miles Sanders. And I really love AJ Brown. I'm not really. And I have all Devon, three of them. Devontae Smith. Yeah, they're pretty good. Devontae Smith, though, it's hit or miss depending on the week. I feel like you do have to give Christian Watson that uh, shot again, maybe in the flex. Because I, 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 I did pick him up this week in yeah. my dorm league too, just 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 because. But it's but they also do have a good secondary in Philadelphia, so it might even be safer to maybe try Randall Cobb. You're gonna play Aaron Jones, but it's I have a feeling it's gonna be a it could be a beatdown. So, uh, I mean, stranger things have happened, but this Packers team just doesn't seem to get up for big games. So, I mean, yeah, the Dallas game we can say, but they really need to turn it around now, or it's never gonna. They're never gonna. I think I don't think they're making the playoffs. It, it, it really, it really is now or never for Green Bay. I don't I think mean, they have to. Seeing that press conference after the Dallas game, there was so much confidence going through all the guys, but I don't know. That Thursday night game versus Tennessee was just bad. Pity. They should, they should have won that game. That was a very winnable game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they were in, like, yeah, most of the way through the first half, especially, and I just don't. Derrick Henry proved I that he just, was Derrick Henry. Ah oh, man, I just don't see whether they have to be. They'd have to win six straight. I just don't see it happening. I I honestly don't. Because I got another slate of division mm-hmm. game divisional matchups. I they haven't proven to win those except against the Bears. So for that mm-hmm. reason, Aaron Jones is the only Packer I'm interested in playing, and I'm out after that. Moving on then to our final game of the week our Monday night football game where the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Indy to face the Jeff Saturday-led Colts. Pittsburgh, um, interested in Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Najee Harris, and that's about it for me. I don't know. Do you have anybody else you're interested in? Maybe Pat Fryermuth? Maybe the Patriots defense. I mean, the Colts offense has not been – not been as flashy as we saw last year through the utilization of Jonathan Taylor. The Patriots defense? Or, I mean, I'm sorry, not Patriots, um, Steelers. Oh, yeah, the defense, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw that pick that TJ Watt had last week. Dude, that oh. was insane. He's done that against Joe Burrow multiple times, too. If I'm mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and I see TJ Watt lined up across me, I'm definitely thinking, like, oh, my gosh, what am I – what am I getting into again? So yeah, that that pick reminded me of when I believe it was back in 2017 when he had a sure. play so so similar to that against Purdue. He just took the ball right out of his hands at the line, except yeah. that one he went all the way. 
No, for sure. And then, and then for the Colts, uh, I'm interested in Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan has been playing a little better, but I feel like Pittsburgh's defense is pretty. They're pretty stout, and that especially with T.J. Watt being back. T.J. Watt is just he's an X factor, and yeah, Jonathan Taylor probably only one interested in. Pittman's playing a little better, and then Paris Campbell has been a, a surprise for them. So. That's about it, though. I don't really have anything else I'm truly interested in from the Colts' perspective of it. And that's basically it for this this week. Jonathan, thank you for jumping on, uh, making the Thanksgiving episode a little more energetic with some banter and conversation about fantasy football. Of course. Thanksgiving um, football is always good. Yeah, I know, right? It, it's always fun. Um so nice are you are you bringing back the podcast this spring or wh- what do you have next? Oh, uh, we shall see. This Saturday I'll be on the call for the St. Norbert versus UW Superior game and Oh, cool. I'm sure I'll have all the winter full of basketball games, men's and women's. I'll be PA announcing men's volleyball. I want to get into hockey. Right now St. Norbert's at number 2 in the nation. Sure, so that sure, would sure. be that would be a treat to be on the be on the air for that as well but oh, yeah I and mean, we'll see obviously i want to but i mean time with track class broadcasting internships it really isn't really it's isn't not all. in the cards yeah no i um, get it that's life that's life as a college student especially as busy as you are but nonetheless thank you for taking the time this thanksgiving week to break down week 12 and with that being said this has been the phantom fantasy football podcast We appreciate you taking the time to listen. Join us at phantomsportsindustries.com for any of your sports section needs on the internet. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy, Instagram, and TikTok. And with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Good luck in all your matchups this weekend. And with that, we are out. Peace.